Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Aviation Fundamentals podcast. My name is Dr. Suzanne Kearns, and I'm the author of a textbook called Fundamentals of International Aviation. Now, the goal of this podcast is to look at the textbook both from the perspective of a teacher and a student who's using it to learn. So in the first episode of this podcast, we looked at some teaching tips. So for instructors or professors who are adopting the book, some strategies on how to build their course and teach effectively from the textbook. This episode is going to flip the perspective and we're going to look at it from a student's approach. So if you are a young student or maybe you're an industry professional and you're looking to learn more about aviation, this textbook is a good entry point to really get a foundation of how the entire industry works. But in order to really get a foundation and to use it effectively, I'm going to give you some strategies and tips to use the textbook. So before we get started, it's probably important to note that the book itself is an introduction to the entire industry from an international perspective. So if you are looking to become a professional pilot or air traffic controller or maintenance engineer, no matter which profession you're interested in, this textbook will be a good resource for you to start. So traditionally, the way it would work if you wanted to become a pilot, for example, is that you would be taught the piloting profession in your country. So because I'm Canadian, so I would learn to fly and earn my pilot licenses in Canada. And generally, it's only after you've finished training and you've entered the workforce where you start to be exposed to how the different professions work in your country, but also how your profession, so being a pilot, is actually different in various countries around the world. So that international perspective happens after you're a professional. So I kind of visualize that approach as sort of starting narrow and then building out to become more broad. So this textbook, the philosophy behind it is to take the opposite approach. So we kind of flip that model upside down and instead of starting narrow and growing into a broad perspective of the industry, we introduce the industry from a broad international perspective. And this textbook really does touch on so many different key areas across the various professions that make up aviation. And the reason why this book was built and put together was because there's been such a tremendous need for the next generation of aviation professionals in all the different professional groups. And the challenge with a traditional approach is that there's a very high attrition rate. So when you look at college and university programs that teach pilots, for example, it's not unusual for half of those young students who begin training to not finish successfully for one of many reasons. Maybe it's financial reasons or aptitude or life events that get in the way. And the challenge is that that young person lo already loves aviation so much they've chosen it as a profession. And yet when their first choice doesn't work out, they often leave the industry because they don't know about all the variety of professional groups that they could sort of take a sidestep into instead. So the goal of this book is to really give young people a foundation of industry awareness so that as they move into their careers, they can choose for the profession that best fits with their interests and ambitions. So that's kind of a, a broad broad swipe of what the book's trying to accomplish. Um, and throughout the book, uh, what I'd like you to sort of understand is that 
There's a variety of features that have been built in to help the learner. So I actually, in writing the book, it took me probably 18 months to write the book itself, and then another six months to go back in and research everything I could find about how to make a book engaging for the reader and adding in features and instructional design elements to help the learner track whether or not they're being successful and, and pulling out the key content through each chapter. So what I'm going to do is kind of uh, talk you through some of the various learning tools and features in the book so that as you're navigating through it, you can kind of look for those elements uh, to ensure that you're getting out of the book what you should be. Each chapter in the book starts with an opening quiz. So you might notice um, the opposite of the beginning of every chapter, there's a little multiple choice quiz. And the, the goal of this quiz is to get you thinking about some ideas that are presented in the chapter before you even begin. Now the reason why is that there's a, a fair amount of learning research that shows that answering questions about material, even if it's brand new, and even if you get all the questions wrong, that then when you then learn uh, more about this material as you move into the chapter, that it results in better learning and retention than if you hadn't done this. So you can kind of think of it as that it, it almost primes the pump, that it, it sort of gets you ready for learning and helps you contextualize and recognize when those answers are presented in the text. So I really recommend as a learner that before you read that any chapter that you do start with this quiz and sort of work through the quiz. Also note on the side of the image are the answers. <laughs> so it, it's in a lighter text, so make sure you don't miss that. Also at the beginning of each chapter is a listing of the outcomes. Now this is an instructional design strategy. The strategy that it's uh, really important that you explicitly tell learners what the goals are of uh, the lesson before you dig into it. So this is to uh, help you sort of contextualize in your own mind what the chapter is going to be about. Also throughout the chapters are these short text boxes that are often called uh, did you know text boxes. And as opposed to the rest of the chapter content, which is you know very logic based and, and structured and very much based on the learning objectives, the did you know text boxes are short little stories or tidbits of information. Now, the reason why those are built into the book is because if you think about learning in a classroom environment, that if you have a really good teacher, that that teacher is going to just naturally add in their own stories and examples, interesting things about the content that's maybe not in the textbook. And when you're a student, usually it's those things that stop you from falling asleep or becoming distracted or bored. Um, sometimes when you leave the classroom, it's those stories that are the things that stick with you the most. So what I was trying to do with the textbook was add in some of those interesting facts or teacher stories that you might not otherwise see in print. So those are there to uh, help you engage with the material. And if you kind of flip through the textbook quickly and you see these text boxes, then you'll probably notice that there, there tend to be sort of fun little tidbits or nuggets of information. Uh, another feature of the book is trying to capture the international perspective of aviation. 
So what I would have loved to have done in the textbook was to include examples from every country in the world. Uh, but of course, there wouldn't just be enough space or uh, enough details in order to do that effectively. So a really hard challenge I had in writing the book was trying to decide how to represent different countries and a strategy to choose which countries would be represented. So what I ended up doing was looking at the ICAO Council states. So the ICAO Council actually designates states that are of chief importance to aviation. So these states are profiled in almost every chapter in a table with examples from these ICAO Council states. Now, if you live in a part of the world that is, is not one of these states, uh, it's really an encouragement for you that when you see these tables, of course, you can take a quick look at the examples given, but I do strongly encourage you to look online or do a Google search to see how it works in your state as well. So unfortunately, because we couldn't represent all of the countries, this is uh, an example where it would be on you to take the initiative to look and see how it works in your part of the world. Now, I don't know how many of you have had the experience of reading ICAO annexes. I, I do strongly recommend if you get the chance to do so, then, then it's a great thing to do. But what you'll find is that they're written in a style of language that's not easily accessible to the average person, that it's very, you can call it legalese, so it can be challenging to understand. So when I was writing the book and thinking about definitions, there are a few ICAO annex definitions scattered through the book, uh, in particular chapter eight in the accidents chapter, I felt it was really important to include that exact definition of how ICAO defines an accident and an incident. But what I did instead of including those formal definitions in every chapter is that I wanted to help young people understand how we speak in aviation. So I called the language of aviation. So rather than formal definitions, these are more layman term uh, expressions that you may actually hear people in the industry using. So that's to give you a little bit more insight into what it means when you hear certain terms. I think a, a good example of that in chapter three in the language of aviation is flying the line. So if you're not part of aviation already, then that may not intuitively make sense to you. What is flying the line? And uh, so it's one of those things where when you read it, you say, okay, flying the line means a pilot's actually in operations and they're, they're flying the flight schedule and they're out involved in sort of the operational aspects of their company, um, as opposed to being off the line, which means maybe you've been removed from active flying for training purposes, or maybe you've taken on a management role. So it's a different slant. So the language of aviation, again, you'll notice these text boxes throughout. Uh, these are a listing of definitions in layman terms. Uh, also, at the end of each chapter, there's an acronym rundown. And I laugh about it because acronyms are so ingrained in just how we speak in aviation that it's not uncommon to speak to an aviation professional and to hear them use just a variety of acronyms. Sometimes even that we know the acronym and sometimes we even forget what the acronym stands for because the acronym becomes the word in itself. So there is quite a lengthy list of acronyms and I put them at the end of each chapter rather than having them sort of in a big section at the front or the back and the reason why I did that is because I really do think it's important if you're learning about this stuff for the first time that you're able to sort of quickly reference those acronyms um, as you move through the material because again this just gives you a little bit more practice in speaking the way aviation professionals speak. 
And lastly, at the end of each chapter, you'll see a variety of resources that are there both to support your teacher, but also for yourself to support your learning. So if you're using this textbook in the context of a college or university course, then you'll probably find that your teacher is using these uh, question lists at the end of each chapter, maybe for discussion topics or for homework. But if you're using the book outside of that context, then this can be a bit of a self-check for you, that most of the questions at the end of the chapter don't have definite answers. So a lot of them are very open-ended or very gray. Um, and it does take a bit of work, but I do recommend that you take the time to look over those questions, pause, and ask yourself what you think about that. These are also good things to have conversations with other people about. So if you happen to uh, run into other aviation people or other professionals, uh, asking them some of these questions and asking for their opinions. And over time, what you'll find is that different professional groups tend to have different answers to the questions. So they each have their own culture, their own background, and they tend to approach problems in different ways. And over time, this will sort of become clear and you'll be able to recognize this. Also the case study. So the case studies at the end of each chapter are there to help you sort of make the connection that the chapter material isn't just an academic exploration of a topic, but that it really matters to the real world. That it, it references all sorts of issues and problems and challenges that directly impact the way we live and our aviation industry. So the cases are accidents. In, pretty much every chapter except the last because thankfully we haven't had a major aviation accident yet associated with the use of remotely piloted aircraft. But in every other chapter, the accident case uh, describes a fairly high profile accident related to the chapter content. So you can feel free to go through the book and read the case as it's written, but I also encourage you to do a Google search because for uh, pretty much every case, there are really excellent documentaries that have been made about these accidents. And the documentaries are so engaging and they're really well done. So I do strongly recommend if you have the time for each case, again, do a Google search for the flight name and number, and you'll be surprised at the quality of documentary movies that you find related to those accidents. And then once you've watched a documentary, you can go back to the textbook and ask yourself some of those case review questions. So it's really my hope that this book is a book that helps you with your learning. So I really worked hard to make a book that is going to be working for learners as well as working for teachers. Now I do welcome any thoughts or feedback you have if you're using the book in a classroom setting as a student or if you're already an aviation professional and just trying to learn more about the international landscape of aviation. I'd really welcome your thoughts and comments and be excited to answer those in a future podcast. So thank you so much, and I look forward to next episode.